Deep breath. And exhale. Uh, hi, friends. Welcome back to another ep- edition of Maximum News. Sorry for that uh, small interlude. I'm having a little bit of trouble breathing. Cybe seems to think uh, his, you know, Cybe MD, that's his official name, and how mm-hmm. you should refer to him. He says it might have something to do with the fact that I dealt with COVID a couple weeks ago, in case you guys didn't know that. And uh, it's a pain in Zikistermeister, and I can't wait for it to be over so I can, uh, yeah, not have trouble breathing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the aforementioned Cybe is with me. How you doing? Hey. Yeah. We're, do, we're doing we're doing good it's uh we're we're here in the great white north the uh the white walkers have finally retreated and uh we are we are now uh dealing with the uh possibility of of uh things growing again which is really always very exciting hmm. took you that long to repel them huh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> i'm at, I'm, I'm actually not in the great white north right now i'm actually in michigan hmm. uh, um but i will be going back to the great white north in about a week i'm just here visiting my wife you know, immigration stuff. Isn't it fun? But you guys aren't here to hear us talk about that sort of stuff. You're here to hear us talk about gaming news. And God, side June can't come any faster because we all know that's the yeah. month for uh, gaming news. And the last couple of weeks, there has been gaming news, but overall, it's been slow. Uh, it's kind of a little it's bit depressing. It's a calm before the storm. Yes. And they're, we're expecting a storm. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're, I'm expecting Alan Wake news anytime over the next couple of months, which I'm really looking forward to, even though depressingly very few other people are, it seems. Starfield, um, what else? We got In three uh, days. We have uh, Star Rail, which is the next game coming out of uh, the, the Honkai slash Genshin universe oh. uh, from Mihoyo. Um, I don't recommend anybody play a gotcha game because they're gotcha games they're designed to try and divide you from your money um but this is a studio who who did put in um the most amount of money into game development into a game ever so genshin uh genshin impact has the I believe it's like some of the most money ever spent on on active game development. So on a game that's been released, they put like two hundred fifty million dollars into it USD Jeez. in one year to continue development of the current game. That's more money than uh, Fortnite spends on their stuff. Really? Uh, so, yeah. So it, so again, it, when you're when you're playing a Mahoyo game, you're getting very high quality. Typically, typically. The, they've only have two games. I got to say that that Honkai, um, marvelously written, really nice. This is the direct continuation from that. So that's the most. That's very interesting. It's a it's a, based on a train in space. So that is um, that is something that that's always been in the back of my mind. So I'm 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 going to give it a try. We'll yeah. see. You know whether it's good or not. It's also turn based, so that that'll turn some people yeah, off to it. Well, or turn some people make other on. people, yeah, and yeah. or turns turn some people on. So yeah, and then there's like fifty thousand other games coming out. Yeah, in the next two days, we got we got the Star Wars, the Jedi, the, the new Jedi game. Oh we got a yeah, bunch of, yeah, and that's all coming out like right away. We've got big updates to other games. We've got Diablo coming out soon. Uh, oh, another yes. beta coming out for it. Um, so yeah, it's it's. There's so much stuff coming, and then, like you said, you can't. We can't wait till the you know the big gaming expos of the summer because 
the amount of stuff that we are going to be getting there is probably going to be like an avalanche of games. Yeah. There are a bunch of games that people are looking forward to that have been officially announced that don't have official release dates, but they're far Mm -hmm. enough along in development that I think it's safe to say that a good chunk of them will get concrete release dates in the next couple of months. Alan Wake definitely being one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Can you tell me? Can you tell I'm excited? All right. Mm -hmm. That out of the way. Let's get to the uh, main stories. Uh, We only have a few. Like I said, it's kind of a dry spell, Um, but interesting. Nonetheless, the most interesting thing that happened this past week, Saib, ever since they dropped that Matrix Awakens demo, Mm -hmm. I've been head over heels in love with the Unreal 5 engine. Everything that those the designers of that engine have put out has continued to impress me that demo then there was that like unreal engine 5.1 where they're talking about hey no more lod's no more billboards for trees in the distance anymore everything's a 3d object people don't know what the hell that means <laughs> Just mm-hmm. expressing. like it's imagine actually you know what no you don't care never mind it's it's impressive let's just say that um and then this past week there was this demo well not a demo a trailer for this game that we knew about from about a year ago some guy I, i'm not exactly sure what his name is off the top of my head i'll get it or side you can get it um he t- posted something on social media saying hey i'm looking at developing a first person shooter game that tries to emulate body cam footage to make you feel like you're immersed in like, let's say a police type situation right and he showed footage of it. And, you know, the body camera simulation looked impressive. And the graphics at the time looked pretty good as well. Well, it's been a year. And we got an update on this game called Unrecord. Side. Without a hint of facetiousness or hyperbole. When I first looked at this, it looked real. Mm-hmm. And... I'm not the only person that thought that. People that weren't looking very closely at this footage thought they were looking at stuff from real life. Guys, the uncanny valley is about to be passed. And if you don't believe me, go watch and record and try to look at me with a straight face and say that this doesn't look real. I mean, yes, if you look very, very closely at specific scenes in the trailer for Unrecord, you can tell that it is... It is graphically generated, but for the most part, it's indistinguishable. Side, the future is here, man. Like, yep. it, and f- just one other thing before I pass this over to you it's not fake. It is confirmed to not be yes. fake. It's uh, people, like, I understand people thinking it was fake, but we actually, uh, I think it was IGN, they got a hold of this demo. And not only that, they also got. A hold of the developer tools so they can zoom in and zoom out of the level and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know get close up it's real so side i think you were the one that notified me about this uh, and notified For, us yeah. in the discord group it's unbelievable yeah yeah this is this now this is um uh i want to say that this is this is a so one so there's a couple things right away that that uh that people should know about this project. It's like one, there are no faces in this project. All faces are blurred because it is so realistic. And I I actually want to hand it to the developer. I think that's actually a brilliant move. Um, All faces are blurred 
in in uh, in game at all times, uh, partially because they are taking on that um, the body foot the body camera recording footage yeah and that is sort of a thing that you do so the the before footage can be released any faces of anybody who's innocent and even people even the criminals who are being arrested are usually blurred out because innocent until proven guilty that kind of stuff um um and that's a that's a nice realistic touch but it actually makes the game look more realistic because the the one thing that unreal can't convince you of is faces faces are still if you have long enough time to look at a face in unreal you can tell that it's not real that it that it's that there's a there's that uncanny valley when it comes to faces is so humans are are rigged in such a way to be able to tell such microscopic um detail from a face which is so it's very interesting and we could talk about that for an hour but the um, but because they blurred that, uh, it it actually made the game look even more realistic. And that that extra level of realism had people going, no, 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 no. This was filmed with a real body camera by somebody pretending that this was a game. And a lot of people got upset. And then the the, then the guy releases the the same footage going through the same thing, but this time he was turning on the no clip camera. Yeah. And moving and going into the editor mode so that they could, you could actually see, no, no, this is in Unreal. This is the newest Unreal level. Uh, and I have heard a rumor that the location is actually real, um, that they went in with one of those like high def cameras yeah. and 4K or 12K scanned the whole area. That that was something I've heard as a rumor. I don't know if it's true at the moment. So, you know, grain of salt. It's possible. But irregardless. Because we have seen yeah. like movies that do that same thing, like the Lion King remake and uh, mm-hmm. Avatar. They've done that. Yeah. And, and you know, and we have this in uh, in Skyrim. Uh, sorry, not Skyrim. <laughs> I was going to say Skyrim what? 2. But that would, <laughs> that would, that would annoy the ever-living crap out of everybody who 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 is a fan of the elder scrolls games Man, no not elder not skyrim 2 elder scrolls the next elder scrolls game mm. which um years ago already people forget that this was years ago at this point todd howard showed that they were they weren't creating rock texture for that game by creating it like they normally do sitting at a computer they were sending people out to real world locations to scan map real world objects, stone, dirt, ground, earth. And then they're taking those scans and they're putting that into the engine and building that in the engine. And it not only builds the, the, um, the, the texture, but it also builds the mesh. So the mesh for the stone, you know, they take the stone, they can shrink the mesh. They can, they can make the stone bigger or smaller, but that, stone is a real stone they didn't yep. it, no artist sat there sketching out and then wrapping a mesh around a 3d object and then coloring in textures and taking a texture map and throwing it on the rock and then trying to get that right no that was just somebody went out with a camera spent a few minutes scanning the rock uploads it into a the thing there's a rock in the game um and so stuff like that 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 kind of thing it really does cut down on some stuff that you add to these games and it really amps up the realism into some games because you're looking at objects that are that are you know 12k 
like you're not like as long as it's coming through the engine right you're not going to be able to tell that that's not a real thing and that's what we're having in this scenario is that the the set is so realistic looks so convincing that when you see it you're like no no that's that's real life this can't be but part of that also comes from the fisheye lens that they put on the game so there's a there is a fisheye lens uh so Mm -hmm. it's it's a slight distortion, but because of that distortion, you can't notice the other distortions that are in the game, which is so cool. <laughs> this this is such a cool concept. Very well done. Uh, the guys in our community are are really loving these tactical um, FPS uh, uh, shooters. I can't remember the names of them off the top of my head, which I'm kicking myself for. But they're like they they simulate you being a cop going in to arrest. Um, people and and it's very very realistic shooters like so you get shot you get seriously injured right away um you have to you have to not shoot the the hostages you have to secure weapons and this kind of stuff it's very 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 ultra tactical um and those games are are kind of growing in popularity right now and i think this is probably going to be the capstone for now at least for that kind of gameplay and i suspect that we may even see, there were some people talking about this earlier, it's like, what's the chances that we're going to see this kind of game play in like the next modern shooter, or sorry, modern war um, right. Call series, yeah. or Call of Duty, or something like that. At what point are we going to get something similar where it's just like ultra realistic? And the answer to that is probably a lot sooner than we think. Yeah. And and again, yeah, this guy, um, he does not have it, the studio is not large. It is it is a small studio. He's he's a small indie developer uh, who was for quite a while working on this by himself. Uh, I don't know if he has if the company has grown now, um, and but he has you know, he's planning on publishing this himself as well as you know obviously developing it. So that's really cool. This is really good news for the indie game development because again, this is probably the biggest uh, most hyped up shooter that we're going to see this year. Quite possibly, I think. And that is amazing because it's one dude working on it. And that really, like, again, if especially if this game really takes off and becomes, like, just huge, um, like, really popular, again, that's going to shake the foundations of these big AAA studios and is going to threaten the, their their vice grip hold on you know, the big mega games. And, and it's always been like that because, because, you know, the, the companies have a bad habit of not innovating anymore. Like they get to a point where they're like, why innovate when we can just produce the same thing over and over and over and over again, and just feed it to people, just shovel it into their mouth. It's like, how much really, how much has any of the big modern warfare games, the, the big sports games from EA, how much have they really changed the industry? How much have they really pushed the, you know, the scope of of gaming today? How much like evolution have they done in comparison to PUBG, Fortnite, and yes, Fortnite's technically an indie developer because EA, (laughs) sorry, um, Epic didn't didn't make large, didn't focus on making large blockbuster games when that game came out. It was just a showcase to show off their new engine, um, which then you know ended up becoming the preamble for this engine now. So it, it's it's kind of still in that same wheelhouse of like the the big developer studios, the publishers, they're becoming less and less relevant because more and more 
uh, indie games and indie developers are becoming a are, are becoming far more commonplace, and and that's a good thing because that's what we want. We want new blood bringing in new ideas, challenging the status quo, challenging what you know the big corporations are doing, what they're shoveling into our mouths, going. Oh no, you're you're going to like it or else. No, yeah. we want to avoid that. <clears throat> and the great thing about the like the difference between the video game medium compared to something like music, where mm-hmm. with music, you know, you can make the same argument that indie developers can get their music out to a greater number of people, which is true, because you know, you have Pro Tools and you know, you can create a great album in your basement. But the problem is uh it's still very difficult for people to break f- beyond the indie scene into the mainstream, um, primarily due to the uh, how the media handles exposure. But mm. with video games, maybe I'm uh, being too optimistic here, but it seems to me that there's a greater opportunity for people with great ideas to be able to break forward into the front of everybody's attention. And uh, there are greater avenues for you to do that. And with this... I can safely say, side that when this game comes out, I'm trying this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and it's like I barely have any time to play games as it is just for myself, but I'm definitely playing this because this looks hella awesome. Anyways, the, the refresh rate normally I struggle quite a bit with uh, motion sickness, but the watching this did not make me as sick as oh, yeah. when I watch games like, um, you know, one, again, one of my favorite concepts and a game that I, I really, really encourage anybody to try uh, the outer worlds made by obsidian, uh, a studio that I love that I have a lot of contacts at, you know, that, that, that I really think that they, you know, they deserve all the good things that they're getting right now because they, they for so long, they just got the short end of the stick over and over and over and over and over again to the point yeah. where it's like, it's like statistically they were like, really ridiculously unlucky which is like please don't go gamble if you have their level of luck it's like you're gonna lose <laughs> everything but um i cannot watch more than like 30 seconds of somebody playing the outer worlds without like needing needing to look away or i'm going to hurl but in this game i watched the whole thing and never once did i get that that motion sickness feeling and again that just goes that just hammers home the point that the the quality of the and the fidelity is getting to that point but even considering that i've got to again i really got to praise this developer he said one of his most recent posts is like yes we're aware of people who have motion uh sickness and we want to offer as many things as we can to help combat that uh even with even thinking about possibly doing a third person like congratulations like my goodness that how how again how is it that there's all these big corporations pumping out all this garbage just over and over and over again just rehash stuff not even considering like hey maybe we want to increase our audience by capturing a portion of the audience that, that doesn't normally play our games Nah, why would we do that when we could just keep on shoveling the same garbage to the same people over and over and over again? Instead, this guy, what is he doing? He's like, yeah, I want to make sure that we reach out to as many people as we can. Again, brilliant move by somebody who's clearly interested in making a product that other people will enjoy. I've got to, I've got to hand it to them. I think this is one of the most brilliant people in gaming we're, we've seen for the last like five years. 
definitely in the top 10. And that's a that's a pretty tight top tier good list of people. Mm-hmm. So let's hope he can become like the next guy that uh like the guy who made Braid. He was one guy. Maybe he could be that mm-hmm. next guy. All right. Looking forward to that very much. Let's move on to the next subject. Uh <laughs> speaking of Elder Scrolls. Um yeah, you want to introduce this one? Yeah, so we've got uh this is this is some news dropped uh two days ago, our time. Um which uh, which has some very interesting connotations to it. Possibly uh, good, possibly bad. Yeah, there was an interview being done um, where there was this conversation uh, it, where there was a, a, a document released by Microsoft talking about their future products and content. And in it, they, they, this, is, this is a footnote in this long document. And just reading the document says, Halo Infinite, a recent title from Microsoft's first party Halo franchise, was in production, redacted, and cost almost redacted million to develop and bring to market. Uh, I believe that's a three-digit number, by the way. So that's that's like like anywhere between like a hundred and and like nine hundred million dollars. <laughs> uh, well, let's hope it's not that much. Right. The other AAA games taken, uh, other AAA games take even longer to develop. For instance, according to one Microsoft executive, redacted, we don't know who said it, a forthcoming title for the redacted franchise may take a decade to develop a right. decade to develop meaning in active development that's that's kind of the vernacular that they're using so that means that we we have a bit of confirmation here that 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 uh, microsoft is working on a product on a game for an existing franchise that they have expected to take a decade to develop and it better be fallout 5 because if it's Elder Scrolls Six, I'm gonna slash them. Uh, I'm joking. I, well, here's the thing: we, I, I, I intentionally mentioned this earlier with the whole like rock scanning thing that that Todd Howard did. Yeah. Technically, Sky, uh, the next Elder Scrolls game has been in development for now about almost three to four years. Well, hold, hold on a second. Has it been though? Because if I recall correctly, in that same article that you linked me. Uh, mm-hmm. Todd Howard said that they were still in the design phase. Does that count as active development? Well, that's the question that you have to ask because, again, I did mention vernacular uh, of, right. of legal company speak. And to them, um, any kind of pre-development or early development is still technically development. If they're paying, if they're sending a check to somebody to pay somebody's, um, uh, you know, somebody's monthly paycheck uh on or connected to a project that project is under development right and we see this in in other like um big corporation kind of stuff we have the 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 habit of hollywood has a, this habit a lot the puppies are barking they're they're very they're very excited about this yes don't know they're as pissed that. as i am if i have to wait yeah. until 2029 to play this crap yeah seriously I, and i and I think what we what we can say here, what we can look at here, is that 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 might be the case, but it may also be the case that this is actually a project that that they are talking about Fallout 
Five. It better be Fallout Five. I swear to God, Cybe. They're not. You cannot announce Elder Scrolls Six yeah. officially at E3 2017 and then make me wait over a decade to get it. Yeah. I don't care how good Starfield is. Yeah. And and that's 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 the thing that like like that's where some people are kind of like going, Oh, I I hope he doesn't mean this. But I think I think what he means is obviously the next I, I would say I would say I think this mostly focuses on um Fallout five. Yeah. Because and and here's my reasoning for this and why I think this is a this is Fallout Five, not Elder Scrolls. Because Elder Scrolls they want to get this game out probably in like four years from now, maybe five, but yeah, four. Now that does put us at about that decade announcement time between 2017 and 2027, which would be really sad. So I hope that we are actually going to get it, you know, closer to like 2026 or 2026 is as far as I can go. Yeah, <laughs> Do like, not go beyond that, Howard. Right? But I think I think we're looking at the same thing for for the next elder, for the next Fallout game, which again I, I think is is really dumb, and I and I hope they have some other plan ongoing to capitalize on the Fallout TV show because if the Fallout TV show has half the success as Mario or The Last of Us has had recently, if they just have half that success. If they don't release a game that's somehow connected to that within the next few years, it's an enormous loss of potential. Just you, enormous loss of potential. Do you think it would be possible for them to like fast track a relatively smaller Fallout experience, say like not 100 to 120 hours, but maybe 30 to 40, and mm -hmm. have them develop it in-house with Obsidian? I I think I think that's very likely, and I think that that could be out within the next two years. If if they had started this process the minute that um, the sale uh, from ZeniMax to Microsoft was complete, right. uh, I I again I really think that there was more conversation going on there a lot earlier. There are more rumors coming out now. There's more insiders going, oh, no, there's 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 some serious talk about, you know, more Fallout titles being released. And again, it's like, do they want... And, and it's always funny because people always ask Todd the wrong thing. Um, you know, Lex Friedman and some, somebody else recently asked, like, hey, um, you know, Fallout 5, do you think you could give that to uh, Obsidian? And Todd was like, no. But that was the wrong question to ask because... New Vegas wasn't Fallout 3.5. New Vegas was New Vegas. So yeah. when you're looking at the Fallout franchise, there are split off games. You know, Fallout Shelter wasn't Fallout uh, 4.1 or, or 3.8. It was Fallout Shelter. It wasn't in the main category. So is he going to give Fallout 5 off to somebody? Pff, of course not. No. They're going to make Fallout 5 because that's, Fallout 5. Are they going to hand off and have Fallout New Vegas 2 be made by somebody else? Probably Obsidian? That's way more, uh, that is a way more important question to be asking than, hey, are you going to hand off Fallout 5 to some other studio? Like, of course right. not. No. 
But are you going to have Fallout Brazil? Are you going to have Fallout London? Are you going to have Fallout any of these other? Uh, those are actual um, fan-made projects yeah. that have been been doing very, 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 very well. Are you going to have a remake of Fallout One done in a different game? Are you going to have you know maybe maybe it be done in uh, an Unreal? game as as not as a first person rpg or third person rpg but as an isometric rpg just giving you that traditional that original game of like and and that's again with all of the ai tech that we're coming out with more and more and more that that's an easier and easier thing to say here's an existing game it is in an old engine but it is in an engine that the game that an ai can play and can figure out there's you know tools to like map things out um here's the 3d assets from the existing game that we're using just copy this over you give it to a team of people that utilize ai and a bunch of other tools and tech and all that kind of stuff how quickly could they take fallout one remaster it brand new isometric game 3d with all of the same like story beats focus stuff add in all the cutting room floor content flush that out how long would that take well, if you had the right team using the right tools and the right technology and you were wanting an actual rush on it, I would say like right now with the tech that we're looking at, I would say probably like less than two years. Easy. Uh, less than two years? Less than two years because modders but with for, small teams. For something, but no, but for like something that big, like for something... Fallout 1 is not actually as big as you think it is. Well, like, but like, like my point is, though, with the way that the Fallout franchise is right now, would mm-hmm. they accept something as big and like Fallout 1? You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. would. I know you would. Yeah. But- I w- yeah, I would love a, I would love a, like, no dialogue has been changed. Only new voice acting has been added where there was oh, none before. God, that would be um, great. The, the game is literally just a copy paste. The only thing that's different is it's now full fidelity, 3D uh, isometric view. You can zoom in, zoom out on characters. You have uh, scripted acting, stuff like that. Um, you know, Blizzard tried this with Warcraft 3 Reforged, and it was an absolute <laughs> gong show yeah. that was a complete and total failure. Uh, that completely dropped the ball on this, but they had a micro small team working with barely any actual new tools, trying to do something with a bunch of flipped asset BS and they failed on it, but they still got that done in less than two years. And so I'm thinking like, all right, well, if you want to, if you want to take fallout one, which again, is not as big as some people think it is. Some people think that it's, it's an absolutely enormous game. It's the size of, you know, the entire East coast uh, of, um, no. of the United States. It's not Daggerfall. No, it's not Daggerfall. Um, most of the maps are really tiny and it's, it's mapped, you know, there's lots of different maps. A lot of the maps are, are just basically like lightly randomized, uh, early, early randomized stuff that developers did. Um, there, the cities are probably the biggest thing. And again, if you make it within the same confines, still having the travel system, still having like loading in and out of uh, out of combat zones, having those combat zones be very small, and then as soon as you leave, that that puts you back out to the the overworld. If you, again, if you were to do that and just really just replicate the original game, 
lot smaller than you think, a lot, lot easier than, than what you would think you could do right now and could probably be done, uh, again, with a competent team. I'm, I'm not talking like 20 people. I'm talking like two, 300 people. You could probably, you could probably get that smashed out in, in just under two years easily. Yeah. Um, because again, you're not, you're not reinventing the wheel. Uh, most of your 3D assets are being pulled from Fallout 76 and Fallout 4. Um, you're 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 upgrading that fidelity on some of that stuff. You're using that to just drop in. So you're not you're not having to go out and create a bunch of stuff. You've got a ton of most of your artwork is already done. You've got small edits that have to be done here and there. Um, you're putting it onto a new framing. The animation, the rig system probably would be the most difficult thing. But it, again, it could easily be done. Like really, really easily be done. All right. So well, yeah, yeah. So I, I, what I, are we getting? Yeah, we don't know. We don't. We don't know. But it is interesting that Microsoft is planning for some titles to take a decade to develop. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually a good thing because. And here's my here's my last like little cap on this. Yeah, is it a good thing that Microsoft is planning for some games to take ten years to develop? And yes. I would say yes. Yes, because I would Just rather them take six. <laughs> yeah, not Elder Scrolls six, and not not anything like like, hey, we're going to show you a trailer of something today, and we expect it. No, 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 no. I want like what I am expecting from this. Honestly, is I'm expecting this to be Fallout Five, and I think in Fallout Five they will have um, the smart thing would be to have like multiple states fully rendered. We're talking. The ability for you to explore the entire map is basically zero. You you would have to spend years of your life uncovering and going to see every nook and cranny. But that's what would make that that is what would make a good RPG game absolutely amazing. Is if you and and a thousand other people all start in the same place. You all go in a random direction and you all get a unique custom story that nobody else had the same thing. There was the same like one or two like overall themes in it. And there was maybe the same kind of like overarching, like, you know, um, big bad guy, right? Yeah. Like, like, uh, like a master or like, you know, a president, uh, from the, you know, from the, the follow two or follow three, um, or, or like you're fighting, you know, some, dark shadowy government thing uh, or aliens or whatever you want. But overall, the story, the characters, you you know, I, Oh, I found a companion. She's got a, you know, she's got this like robotic arm and, and her dad is a a brain in a jar robo uh, robo thing from before the time. And she was frozen in this cryogenic facility. And then somebody's like, Oh, I never got that. But I found this really cool super mutant who, was obsessed with telling jokes constantly. Oh, and somebody else is like, I found a granny who like uses a minigun and went, you know, haywire because of this. It's like everybody has a different character. That I think is would would be the best. And that is, I think, where where RPGs need to go, because I think having the same five character primary five characters in a game. There is a place for it, but I think if you really want to create gigantic, which it clearly, you know, uh, uh, they're trying to do, if you want to create a massive, enormous world that has that has almost infinite exploration potential for single individuals, not as you know, not as millions and millions of players, but as single individuals, that's where you have to move to. 
MMOs need to do this too. They need to stop having the same single dungeon with the same three bosses that you fight 15,000 times over the course of 20 years. Like, you need to have things changing constantly so that you can't just open up a Wikipedia and go, what's my best stats for this? Or how do I best destroy this boss? It's like, you got to think and you got to react to something that's always changing. I think that's what they're going for. And I think Bethesda is more interested in this. We can see this from what they're doing with Starfield and we'll see how well that let's hope that that Fallout 5 is going to have this absolutely enormous world where we can all go in different directions and all get completely different stories. And if you really want to find that one character that everybody's talking about that's really, really cool, you can still go find that character. He's, he hasn't moved. He's still yeah. you know sitting off in that tower somewhere over that one hill. But if you go off a completely different direction, you're going to get a completely different story. And I think that's I think that's what they're going for, and I think that that's what um, I think that's what they're they're leaning towards. It's either that or Perfect Dark, and if it's Perfect Dark, then <laughs> I mean, us all. yeah. Can, can you imagine if a game like Perfect Dark would take ten years? To... <laughs> well, they like... said they when they started working on that game, they said it was the first four uh, quadruple A game that was ever made, and they were expecting it to take ten years. But why? Like what? Perfect Dark, the initial experience is like 10 hours long. What the hell do you need to make a quadruple well, that, game like, out of that? Who, who, who actually remembers Perfect Dark? Like, why oh, would no. you Why would you make Perfect... I'm really confused as to this. Why would Perfect Dark, a game that was popular in its time, didn't have any really big follow-ups to speak of, ever, a lore in a universe that is completely cut off from current gamer taste, like the current gamer mindset. Yeah. Most, most, most gamers have no clue what that story is about. Why would you make that your first, like, like, why would you do that? Like, why not fable or halo or I any of these other games for Christ's the, sake? The, yeah. 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 Con- conquers bad fur day. Like, good Lord. You have so many other far more well-remembered things not to say that perfect dark wasn't good it was good but it it wasn't it's not something that's like hey uh we want to dump um uh 3.8 billion dollars into a game project we want to develop the largest studio that has ever worked on a single game project really what are you going to work on is this going to be is this going to be a master chief extravaganza something that is this going to be a a a story that we all know and love no this is going to be about uh perfect dark it was a it was a single game that came out you know two decades ago for and it was popular for like eight months yeah like what (laughs) yeah don't don't do that doesn't make any sense microsoft for the love of christ don't Get like Ubisoft and do a Beyond Good and Evil 2 with Perfect Dark, okay? Direct your resources elsewhere. All right. <laughs> 40 minutes in and we've done two topics. Let's uh, get through these last two uh, relatively. Well, the other, the other two aren't gonna, aren't that long. So mm-hmm. so these are, these are both pretty short. So Atari. Um, Atari has acquired the intellectual property rights of over a in console games from the 1980s and the 1990s. Uh, sorry, side you broke up when you were saying that. So that was oh, 100, sorry. right? 100 PC and console. That's probably where my mic uh, screwed up. But yeah, 100 PC and console games from the 1980s and the 1990s, including titles uh, Busby, 
uh, baseball series, hardball. I remember hardball. Oh my goodness. Hey, gamer. Vehicular combat series, demolition racer. I remember that game too. All snapped up by Atari for some big project. This I is really interesting. Like a compilation of games. Like why? Why Bubsy or Bugsy? I, I, I don't know, but I have this. I have this idea because again, I I chose a lot of these topics because the they're all ringing like some connection here and there. Um, now, Atari has like a 50th anniversary coming up. They've got a bunch of um, they've got a bunch of collections. They're doing a bunch of projects, stuff like that. It, again, it, I would I would it would be brilliant for you to as Atari to come out with a very cheap. Um, cheap as in like cheap versus like current things. Imagine you Atari coming out with a, 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 an option to buy a standing arcade in your house that has access to, um, hundreds of games from the, from the eighties all the way up to the two thousands. Sure. And then you get that on any console that you have. There's an app that you just install or a game license or something like that that you connect to and boom, you got them on your you got them on your consoles. Boom, you got them on your phones if you want them on your phones. There's these little mobile like handheld devices that come with this thing too. That would be brilliant. But would be would be more brilliant than that would be them taking all these old games that you know were successful, that you basically bought for for dollar store values. Some of these IPs are like, like the hardball series. That IP is actually like really good and is, is a decent investment. If you wanted to, if you wanted to relaunch a baseball game on current PCs or, or sorry, current consoles and PCs, uh, and you didn't want to have to struggle with the rights to, to get into the whole, like, you know, the, the whole, dealing with the whole league today because that's going to cost you at least, I mean, if you're not bringing like at least $10 billion to that table, you're going to be laughed out of the room. But if you managed to buy hardball and then remake a hardball game, I mean, that's costed you again. I think they bought this license for like $20,000. Yeah. Like pretty good. That's, that's a steal again. If you can sell that as a baseball game to everybody who enjoys baseball, that 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 is not to mention that you get to connect with the name Hardball, which is again, we if you type in Hardball game, you're going to get the baseball game just straight up. If you type in Demolition Racer, you're going to get Demolition Racer. Again, if you're really smart, and and again, I don't know if they are. I have no idea. This is just my wild speculation. If Atari really wanted to get back into making video games, hardcore, really popular video games, and they are like looking at the way that AI tech is coming up, and they're able to, again, again, I just mentioned this before, they're able to take that game, feed it into the AI, say, hey, AI, take this game, from the 1980s remake it for current devices today with a style that is you know current style graphics with this 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 and the other thing added in some new connectivity multiplayer and that stuff and then the game could the ai could just write a new game deliver it to you and then you do that 
200 more times with every video game that you have in your library Mm -hmm. delivering a a new version and the traditional version available for you to play whenever you want on any device that putting an actual old-fashioned stand-up arcade and everything in between between that and your cell phone i mean i would think i mean that would make that would make you a, a juggernaut in video games overnight and again if you were doing it in the real smart way of just taking and and buying all this stuff for the rights and then you focus on the ones that are making you way more money again it's just a, it's a brilliant idea that's my wild crazy speculation my less than wild crazy speculation is they're just going to bundle this stuff all into a mega bundle pack and they're going to sell it to you for um 50.99 mm-hmm. yeah i i don't think that's out of the realm of possibility i like that idea of the arcade cabinets and being able to buy them with like hundreds of games preloaded in look there are people that grew up with those things that are starting to go into their retirement and Mm -hmm. uh who knows maybe they want to have something like that to spend their money on to have at home to spend their time on i I mean like that would sound pretty cool i mean crap like in like 20 or 30 years when i retire if they come out with something like a PS4 legacy console where I get all the PS4 games on it all at once so I could play near Automata or play near Automata wherever I go. That'd be pretty mm-hmm. cool. Even though I, I technically can't. I have a Steam Deck. But but you know what I mean. Something like that would be pretty damn cool. Um, and yeah, I think uh, they recognize that there's a market for that. So they made that purchase. And if they could put mm-hmm. all these games together, more power to them. And then finally, yeah. side, <laughs> why, why, why does Sony hate Canada? Uh, Sony hates uh, the pores, <laughs> of which so, apparently Canada is one of them. Yeah, so th- I made I made this uh, what I sent it to you. I sent it to you, and I said PlayStation hates the pores in air quotes. You know, the pores is in like the way that um, the way that the pores are mentioned in in sitcoms and Family Guy and stuff, and, and South Park and stuff like that. It's like it's like that. That's and that is the first feeling I get off of this. Oh, uh, you know, we're just not making as much money as we want to make from you. We're making, um, you know, uh, 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 slightly less than the than the same. So we're we're jumping what we are, and we already pay more than like you know, if a games like sixty bucks in the states. It's usually eighty bucks here uh, in, in Canada. But now they're saying, yeah, we're going to jump that price by another twenty dollars. It's like, ooh, wow going for 50 60 bucks in the states i'm gonna shell out 100 bucks from that at the same time that they're increasing the base price on some games to be 80 bucks of the usd so now we're looking at like 140 bucks 130 120 maybe Ooh, that's that's interesting so yeah i i say they they hate the pores because other companies understand and again there is there's people who are suing over this because they say that's not fair that there are people in poor countries that that they're you know they you know hundred dollars usd is what they make in a week right and they're taking that and they're saying you know what we're gonna we're gonna we're going to charge you you know in half a day 
for the same product. And Steam has a regional pricing thing. And, re- and again, regional pricing, some people absolutely despise it because they say, why am I being forced to pay, you know, a hundred bucks or 80 bucks or 60 bucks for a video game when some other person in some other country is paying less than, you know, less than, uh, you know, $10, you know, equivalent to what I'm paying for, for the same product. And again, that's an interesting argument that that is that has its merits for sure i'm not saying that it doesn't um but yeah it's just interesting that some companies are like how can we serve our fans better how can we give them more 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 service more um more pro more more content for their dollar how can we do that how can we assist our uh, less blessed cu- customers and fans. Then, the, then there's other companies who are like, oh, I'm just going to take everything that you have. And then there's that, those people. And I, I found that, again, I'm kidding. But at the same time, it's like, oh, well, you know, that's that's the thing. But at the same time, it's like, is that really helping them? You know, is it is it really honestly helping them to try and get blood from a stone? Because in some cases, all you're going to do, all you're gonna, all you're really going to do is you're just going to make that market not really like, you know, you're going to chase off that market. Everybody's going to just resort to uh, piracy to get your stuff. And that's not good either, but it's like, you know, you can't get blood from a stone. Right. So I don't know. I saw this. I thought, huh. That's interesting. I wonder why they're doing that. You know, whereas other companies are trying to find ways to include you into their system to make more money because why why not try to make an extra, you know, 10 million off of a market that normally can't afford your products and if you list it at the same price, you're never going to get that product, but if you if you engage with them on some level, then you make 10 million bucks. It's like, okay, well where in that line, where, where is that line and how does that work? So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting question that I, I thought we could pose to the community and say, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I'm really curious. Do you like regional pricing? Do you think regional pricing is good? Do you think that these giant mega corporations that posted, a, you know, profits in the hundreds of millions of dollars are just, they're just so strapped for cash that they just, they just have to charge an extra 30%. On top of a bunch of products that they that you know that they're they're selling, do you think that will help them in the long run? Do you think that'll hurt them in the long run? Uh, where where does it um, where does that fit? Because mm. game prices have gone up thirty two percent in Japan in the last year, yeah. and in other places they've gone up uh, uh, anywhere between twenty and seventy percent as far as like what they what you were paying for for the same product two years prior. So yeah, so that's that's steep in some countries. Seventy percent. Oof. Oof. That that sucks. But is that going to work for them? What are, What are your thoughts? Well, I suppose if it's in the very very low single digits, it's. See, Sony has been doing relatively well as of late because of mm-hmm. how well the PlayStation 5 has been doing. And that is in part because of the exclusives that they have. And more often than not, a lot of those exclusives tend to come out and impress a lot of people. 
So by having more people there, you can guarantee that you can they're probably going to buy more games and you'll probably be able to make just like a substantial amount just by increasing the prices just a little bit depending on the region. So I guess it makes business sense. What will determine the direction of things is if they continue to hike it up and up and up year over year over year. Uh, if that is what happens, then you can see a whole bunch of people like doing what people did to Xbox at the beginning of the last generation uh, and moving over to the PS4, but in reverse. People going over and just uh, subscribing to Xbox Game Pass. I can guarantee to you that's what I will do. Uh, but right now it's, I like they're pushing it <laughs> with me personally, but, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I don't think it's at that point where it's going to cause like a mass exodus or anything like that, you know, mm -hmm. anyways, guys, that, uh, it, uh, well, thankfully I, I live in the, I'm going to be living in the U S soon. So this won't affect me too much. Um, but, uh, what do you guys think? Like what side asked, uh, what do you, think about this whole situation please let us know in the comment section below are you one of the countries that is going to be affected by this chile argentina let us know all right that does it for this episode of maximum news ladies and gentlemen uh sorry if i remember what i said at the beginning of the show i'm still having a hard time breathing for some reason maybe covid uh the after effects of that uh but i should be a whole lot better next week and hopefully next week there'll be a lot more interesting gaming news uh, there'll be more in the next several weeks guaranteed uh, I want to thank Saib, as always, for doing this lovely, uh, I can't talk, for doing such a lovely job on the show today, as he always does. Saib, you want to tell people about the main channel real quick before we sign off? Yeah, check out our main channel, the Triple S League. We've got game guides, all that kind of stuff. We uh, Mooney's going to be stream trying to stream a lot more. We're definitely going to be streaming our foray into, uh, like we mentioned before, Star Rails coming out. A uh, bunch of other games are going to be coming out. We're going to be trying to stream... Uh, some of those see what it's all like see if it's good um uh, we're gonna de we're gonna definitely be trying to uh, not spend a dime on it see how far we can get see what the game is like uh yeah go go from there um but yeah uh check that out and then check out uh, some of the other channels that we have on there if you go to our channel tab uh, ash is working on an ai plays channel which is very interesting and we have some interesting content coming for that in the near future nice you guys can just find me at my main channel on YouTube, just at Max Starrett. I will put a link to that and the main Triple S League channel in the description box below. I'm going to sleep. Bye. Bye.